Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. This is the first episode I'm recording since I returned from a little break over the holidays and a trip to Disney World with my family. This is a trip that we've planned for several years and it was so much fun, but oh my gosh, was it exhausting. And boy, did it give me a lot of time to spend with my kids and manage their uh, reactions to things and problems and different meltdowns from different kids at different times. And in all honesty, it also gave me a chance to kind of reflect on my parenting and times when I felt like I was dialed in and parenting in a way that I was very proud of and times when that was not the case. And that, in all honesty, is what is inspiring this particular episode, which I'm calling Confessions of a Parent Coach Who is Still in the Trenches. <laughs> I mean by that, that I, as I've told you, am a parent to four kids, ages five, seven, newly turned 13 on our trip, and 15. I have a preschooler and an elementary schooler, a middle schooler, and a high schooler, as I've told all of you. And that comes with a lot of challenges and also comes with sometimes taking me to the end of my parenting rope and sometimes not parenting the way that I am super proud of. And I thought, you know what, this could really be a great podcast episode to help my listeners get to know me a little bit better and take me off perhaps a pedestal that I may have put myself on unintentionally and given you the impression that all that I am sharing with you is something that I execute perfectly at every turn on every day. And that just simply isn't the truth. So I wanted to share with you a little bit more about what it's like to be a parent coach, but also what it's like to be me and parenting these four kids, given my particular parenting uh, strengths and my personality quirks and what makes me me and also presents some challenges when it comes to executing what I ideally like to do as a parent. The late, great Maya Angelou, she has this saying, something along the lines of, when you know better, you do better. And I would say that more often than not, that's true for me, but absolutely not all the time. I do know better a lot of the times, and I do not always do better. And that is just the hard truth. When I became a parent coach, one of the fears that I had was that if I went to work in this field, because that was not my initial plan, initially I became a parent coach so I could be a better parent to my kids, not necessarily to work in the field, although I did think that was a possibility if I really loved what I was learning. But when I actually decided to pursue this as my career move, I was a little scared. And I was scared about some things having to do with 
what the perception would be of people around me, of my community, of strangers, of friends, of people that I just was interacting with on a daily basis. What would be their perceptions of me as a parent? Would I be held to a higher standard? I would say probably yes, because if you're going around and supporting others in their parenting journeys, wouldn't people expect me to be parenting more along the lines of the ideal? And that caused a lot of fear for me. I feared that if I made a mistake in my parenting, if I lashed out, if I let my emotions get the better of me, that I would be harshly judged more than the average person, the average parent. So a little insight into me, I would describe myself as an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Um, I feel things very deeply. I um, tend to get overwhelmed by too much sensory input, too much loud noises, too temperatures, hot and cold, uncomfortable clothing, um, just all those kind of sensory triggers trigger me and stir up my emotions. I have big feelings about things more so than somebody who's not as highly sensitive. I'm also an INFJ. So I am naturally an empath. I sense things. I take on the feelings of others easily. I'm very driven. I'm very caring. Everything becomes my problem Then, in terms of my perception. Um, I'm very highly intuitive. And when parenting in this kind of world of being an HSP, being an empath, being um, an INFJ, I tend to have a lot of triggers and that does get the best of me. I am a more hot-tempered person. I tend to be more of a reactor. Um, my emotions get stirred and I don't always keep good control and regulate my emotions easily because of just who I am as a person. And that definitely impacts me as a parent. I would love to be able to have regulation of my emotions at all times so that I didn't get stirred up by my kids and their reactions and their emotions as easily, but that's just not always the case. And then add into the mix, like I just told you, I was traveling recently. And when traveling, I'm dealing with jet lagged uh, kids, myself being tired and exhausted, being hungry, standing in lines, you know, disappointments. I'm, I'm, you know, my kids are faced with all these challenges, which causes emotional reactions in them, which can sometimes trigger emotional reactions in me. And so I'm not always executing where my intentions are as a parent. I'm not always able to reach the standard I set for myself and my parenting. But here's the thing. I, I'm okay with that. I'm human. I am not a robot. I don't always do things perfectly, but I also have that ability to kind of do a gut check and know when I have made a mistake. I know when I have uh, made a misstep in my parenting and I can take responsibility. I can fix things. I can set an intention to do better next time. And that's kind of the insights that I've um, gotten for myself and also the grace I give myself to go out in this world and be a parent educator, to be a parent coach, but I'm also very real with the clients I get to work with one-on-one. -on -one. I tell them this, what I'm telling you, you know, I'm a real person. I'm a parent. I get frustrated. I've had, um, coaching clients before ask me, do you ever yell? That's maybe something that we're working on with them, um, is them being able to manage and keep their own emotions in check when they're dealing with their kids. And they say, gosh, do you ever yell? And I'm like, yes, of course. I lose my cool, I yell, I shame my kids, I guilt them. Absolutely, I am not perfect and I make mistakes too. I know better, I set an intention to do better, but that doesn't always happen. And so absolutely, I do sometimes make the same parenting mistakes that I am trying to not make because I'm human. Um, sometimes I'm asked, well, gosh, do you ever bribe your kids? 
yes, I don't do it frequently. I don't do it as a uh, standard procedure in terms of how I discipline my kids. But I've always kind of jokingly said, and it's true, you know, when you're traveling or when you're trying to get a family picture, that's when you break out the, hey, if you take this picture and smile for the camera, I'll get you an ice cream. Yes, I break out a bribe once in a while and dangle a carrot in front of my kid's nose. It's not the way that I generally discipline and generally parent my kids, but there's a time and a place for something like that. And I give myself grace to make those mistakes or not even mistakes to make that choice as a parent and say, you know what, today I'm going to make the choice to um, do something that I typically don't do as a parent. And I'm okay with that. I'm making that decision consciously. I would love to pack the most nutritious lunches or to help my kids pack the most nutritious lunches on a daily basis. I would love to put the most well-balanced, all organic meals and on the table every night. I would love to never take my kids to the drive-thru, but there are times when I do all of those things and I'm okay with that. It's not the ideal, it's not the gold standard of parenting, but it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about showing up for our kids and having good intentions. And then sometimes making some adjustments to our highest standards because life kicks in and we're all human and we need to make the best choices in the moment given what is going on for us and our families. Another fear I had when I started working as a parent coach was about my kids. I worried that they would be judged and that they would be held to a higher standard and that if they ended up in trouble or making bad choices, that somehow that was going to come back to me. And I I recognize this was completely an ego thing. And I know many of you feel that way too. You feel judged sometimes by your child's actions or behaviors when you're in public. If it's behind closed doors, it's one thing. But when your child misbehaves or pushes a kid or is rude or mean or sends that uh, mean-spirited text or something that that somehow reflects on you as a parent, kids are going to make mistakes my kids included. Some of my kids have ended up in the principal's office for talking to. Um, One of my kiddos, my youngest, she's kind of a free spirit. She kind of likes to push boundaries and test things. She's not one of those like born rule followers like my third born. And both of those, my third and my fourth, decided they wanted to take ballet classes this year. And they've taken dance classes in the past. But my third born was really driven to take really serious ballet classes. She's seven years old. I felt like she was ready for it. And temperament-wise, she loves following rules. She loves structure. She um, likes meeting challenges and she likes to pass those challenges. She's the right kid for that really kind of more rigorous class or dance training. My fourth born, not so much. So we nickname her the honey badger in our home because she kind of is just a whirlwind. She's a free spirit. She is spunky and doesn't really fear getting into trouble. She kind of brings it on herself and knows so. And she's kind of tough and kind of takes on, um, you know, kind of redirection from people in charge of her. She doesn't always take redirection well. She sometimes pushes the envelope and needs to be redirected two or three or four times. And I didn't think that this ballet class was going to be a great fit for her, but she wanted to do what her big sister was doing. I said, sure, let's give it a try. Well, when we had, it's not the kind of school where you can kind of observe kids in the dance class on a daily basis. It's one where they're kind of behind closed doors and then you get invited once in a while for a parent watch. And when we had our first parent watch class, uh, first it was my older child's class and she just excelled and you could tell she was just loving the structured ballet class environment. 
Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. And then it came time to observe my younger child's class, and she did great. And it was one that was intended for younger kids, but she was definitely very much on the younger end of this class. It was five through seven-year-olds, and she had just turned five. And again, given her honey badger temperament and the type of class, and the fact it was an hour long, she did great for the first half hour. She followed directions. She was fully engaged. And that half hour mark kind of hit. And you could just see something kind of come over with her and she just could not keep it together any longer. And she was kind of doing the opposite of everything that was being asked of her. She was being silly and goofy. In the last 15 minutes of class, she just basically had her fingers in her mouth and made faces at herself in the mirror. So not really a great fit for her. And I knew that. And immediately I went up to the teacher and I said, you know, I just wanted to check in on how my child is doing in her class. Was this behavior kind of like, because we were there and having the parents in the room kind of um, through her kind of off kilter, or is this something you've been seeing? And sure enough, not surprisingly, the teacher said, no, this is kind of the way it's been going. And so I kind of shared with her some of my insights into her personality and the fact that she was on the young side. And I said, you know, we're going to give it a little bit more time, but please, please let me know if this continues to um, be the way class is going so that we can make an adjustment, we can withdraw her, and we are fine and happy to do so. A few more weeks went by, and sure enough, things had not improved. And ultimately, the final straw was she was misbehaving and um, spending a lot of time sitting out of dance class. And when she was sitting out of dance class, she wasn't sitting there kind of like recognizing her wrongdoings and joining the class appropriately, she was using that time to entertain the rest of the class and was really distracting. And after talking to one of the people who run the dance school, they gave me many options, including issuing some consequences for bad behavior, which is not in line with how we parent our children. I looked at this and I said, this is not a good fit for this child. She's communicating to us that this is not working for her. And rather than punishing her for just being immature or not the right temperament for this type of environment, I'm going to take charge, remove her, and find another activity that is a better fit for her. And we did so. Did I stop and say, I'm a terrible parent? My child is a reflection of me as a parent? Nope. It said, you know what? This isn't a good fit for my child. She is who she is. And I need to assess this like a parent coach, somebody who knows what is best for this child. And rather than taking this personally, say, nope, this isn't working for my child. So I didn't let uh, trips to the principal's office, bad choices at school or at dance class really kind of impact my self-esteem as a parent. Um, another thing, my kids fight. I have four kids. There's all kinds of sibling dynamics going on there. I do a lot to try and encourage and foster strong relationships between my kids, but they still fight. They still get mad at each other. They are mean to each other. They, my two little ones, sometimes it gets physical. It's not a reflection of me as a parent or a parent coach. They are who they are. I've had kids, uh, my older kids who have found, make bad choices when it came to texting and posting things that were mean-spirited, and we've had to work through those things. So as a parent coach, I am not one of these parents who tends to be a helicopter and get involved in every single thing with my child. And if my child makes a mistake, take it as a personal problem. I allow my kids space to fail. 
to make mistakes, to make choices, to grow because they have made choices that have led to certain consequences. And I see that as a growth opportunity and me being able to support them in that. And if people want to judge my kids or judge me, knowing that I'm a parent coach and this is the work that I do and hold me and my kids to a higher standard, they're free to do so. But I have come to a place where I recognize that, nope, I'm a human. I make mistakes as a parent. Even though I know better, I do not always do better. I have good intentions, but I don't always execute on those intentions. And my kids, they're human. They come with their own temperaments and their own challenges, and they're making mistakes. I'm trying to navigate and support them on their journeys, but they're not going to be perfect, and I'm not going to put something on them that is not fair, that because they're my children, somehow they have to be perfect perfect kids and not make mistakes or affect badly on me. That's not fair either. So I've kind of come a long way in terms of my initial fears. I think it was a little bit of that imposter syndrome creeping in, thinking like, oh gosh, I'm putting a lot of pressure and I'm putting myself out there, setting myself up for a lot of judgment, knowing that this is the work that I do. And I've come a long way in terms of kind of making peace with that. But I thought it was important to share this with you, the listeners of the 3D Parent Podcast, so you can kind of see me as more human. So I also wanted to move into now kind of all the years of studies that I've been putting into understanding growth and development, understanding attachment theory, understanding what my kids need to thrive and grow and mature what do I do as a parent to try more often than not to meet the standard I set for myself, to do as my Angelou says, do better because I know better. What do I do? I have intentions. And that is the first step. I have intentions to be a better parent than I was in my early years, than I was before I knew better. And so setting an intention is really important. Does it mean you're always going to execute? No, but that is kind of what I have as a daily kind of thought pattern. I have an intention to parent a certain way. So when I'm not parenting in a way that's in line with my intentions, I feel it. That parental intuition goes off. I do a gut check. When I parent in a way and it just feels lousy afterwards and I feel like in my pit of my stomach, yep, I just totally shamed my kid and that did not feel right you know what? I just lost my cool and I yelled and I took all the frustration I was feeling right now because I couldn't control my kids and I lashed out at my kids and I yelled at them. When I recognize that I've made a mistake in my parenting, it's because I've set an intention to parent better. And so setting that intention is something I would encourage all of you to, to set an intention. It might be just on one specific aspect of your parenting. It might just be, you know what? I'm going to set an intention to not yell as much. And that is my intention. And when I do yell, I'm going to know that I'm not in line with the intention I set for myself. That alarm bell is going to go off inside my head and I'm going to go back. I'm going to do reset. I'm going to make amends. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to take responsibility. And then I'm going to do better going forward. So setting an intention in some aspect of your parenting or in parenting in general can really help you. It has really helped me basically parent in a way that I am intending to parent, to just set that intention. My number one intention that I set is that my focus is on my relationships with my kids and not doing things, not parenting in ways that could be damaging to my relationships. So that is my overall intention I set. And then there's lots of little intentions I set around as well, but those mainly have to do with my behavior. Those are the things like not yelling, not shaming, not guilting, not bribing. Those have to do with those kind of smaller 
underlying things that affect my relationship with my kids. But keeping my relationship with my kids as in the forefront of my brain on a daily basis when I'm parenting in the trenches has been really, really important. Another thing I do, like I said, I take responsibility for mistakes that I have made. When I have yelled, when I have blamed and shamed, I do take responsibility. I go back, I apologize to my kids, I take responsibility and I do better. Another thing I do is I set a mantra for myself sometimes. If I've been in a bad rut with my parenting, when I have been losing my cool more often than I want, I wake up first thing in the morning and I set a mantra that sounds something like, you know what? My kids can throw tantrums. My kids can melt down. My kids can misbehave. I'm not going to. I am not going to throw a tantrum. My kids can. I am not going to lose my cool all day long. My kids can. I'm going to focus on me and keeping it together and keeping calm and centered and regulating my emotions. What happens to my kids is not going to affect that. So that can be really helpful. Another thing I have done is If I've been losing it more often than not, if I've not been parenting in line with my intentions, I have used that as a kind of a red flag that something's off with me. So that's a chance for me to kind of check myself in terms of my self-care. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating enough? Am I eating healthily? Am I making time for exercise? Am I making time for my friendships? Am I taking care of myself? If not, that might need to be addressed so that I can parent in line with my intentions. Another thing I have done, and this might sound a little bit morose, but I have thought about what do I want my care kids to possibly say about me at my funeral. That sounds morose, but to put things in perspective, I'm a singer and I'm often hired to sing at funerals. And so I've sat through a lot of funerals for strangers, people I don't know. And I'm often so moved by what I hear people say about their loved ones who have died, particularly children of the loved ones. And when I hear about their accomplishments and what they've achieved in their work world, I am inspired. But when I hear about who they were to their children, that's when I'm really moved. And I'm really pushed to like, wow, Think about what do I want my kids to say about me after I'm gone? What legacy do I want to leave behind as a parent? Or less morosely, you can just think ahead maybe 20 years. What do I want my kids to say about me as a parent when they're adults, when they're sharing about their upbringing, about my parenting of them to their friends, to their future loved ones and spouses? What do I want them to be saying about their parenting? If I look at myself right now as a parent and I don't feel very proud about what they might say about me, that's a good time to say, stop, set some new intentions and parent in a way I will be proud of in the future. I can't tell you how important it is to kind of take that step back and think in the future. I can tell you for sure in my early years of parenting, when I was full of frustration and didn't know what I was doing and I was constantly frustrated, I was not parenting in a way I was proud of. And that's what drove me to kind of make some changes and educate and become a parent coach because I was not proud of who I was as a parent and I was not doing the best for my child. And now that I know so much more about what my child and my children need, I'm able to parent more often in a way that I am proud of. Not all the time, I'm human, but more often than not. And another, my final kind of tip for you in terms of what I have done is I have deepened 
my own caring feelings about my children, particularly in times when my kids have been less lovable. And what I mean by that is, of course, I always love my children, but sometimes when my kids are having really hard times, it's not as easy to like them. It's not as easy to feel affectionate towards them or want to spend time around them, particularly if they're full of frustration or really stuck in problem behaviors. And of course, those are the kids that need our love and our affection and our caring patience more than than any other time, but it's not always easy to execute. So when I am trying to deepen my caring feelings towards my kids, I'm trying to be empathetic. I'm trying to look at them not as this frustrating human being, but as a human being who is struggling and hurting inside so that I can kind of grow those empathetic feelings towards them. But I even take it a step further. I will actually go when my children are asleep. And that's something I encourage you to do also. If you're feeling at times like, you know, I love my children, but I don't like them so much. Go watch your child sleep. There is nothing more precious than a sleeping child. And when you go and you make a practice of kind of going in after your child has fallen asleep and watching that peaceful, sweet face, those loving feelings grow and emerge. And that is something that I found to be really powerful in terms of deepening my own caring feelings to my children and helping that turn on that resiliency piece that I need to grow sometimes that I'm really frustrated and at my wit's end. Another thing um, that I suggest is to, to deepen those caring feelings towards your child is to sometimes fake it until you feel it. And what I mean by that is when you're in the middle of something or you have a lot of things on your list or your agenda or you're in the middle of an email, you're in the middle of washing your dishes and your kid wants your attention right there. Your kid wants to do something with you right there. If you kind of turn to them with warmth, with a twinkle in your eye, with delight in your voice and like, oh my gosh, you're my priority right now. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. Even though the truth might be you'd like to get these things done, you have this email you want to get out, you were looking forward to kind of listening a little bit more to um, your favorite podcast or uh, a TV show. If you turn your attention towards your child and you communicate them that they're the priority, that they're significant, that you want to be with them, even if you have to say, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you to show me this dance routine you've been working on. My hands are wet and soapy. I'm almost done doing dishes, but oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what you have been practicing. When you communicate that delight, your child feels it. Your child feels that inside. And that can really help you deepen those caring feelings. When you kind of fake it initially, those feelings actually kind of grow and develop inside. When you turn to your child with delight in your eyes and say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what you're going to show me. And then what you get reflected back to you is how good that makes them feel. Those caring feelings follow. So sometimes you do have to do a little bit of acting, a little bit of faking it until those caring feelings emerge. And then when they do, you can parent with the best kind of intentions that you may have set for yourself. So I hope that this segment kind of opening up to you a bit about me and how human I am and how I'm a parent just like all of you, full of mistakes and flaws, um, but also a parent who sets really high intentions and standards for my parenting so that I can achieve them more often than not has been inspiring to you in terms of realizing that, um, you know, you don't have to be a perfect parent. You just have to have good intentions and remember that nothing is more important than the relationship that you're developing and growing and maintaining and nurturing with your children. And that's what's going to carry through your lifetime, even when they're grown and adults, even when you're gone, that relationship that you have developed with your children is what is going to sustain this long lasting bond. Thanks so much for listening today. 
Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.